of Victory Christian Fellowship. Whether you're here in person or watching live, we're going to watch you sometime. We're going to have a good time in the Lord tonight. Because God is good all the time. He's ever ready to interact with His children. So, Father, tonight, we are eager to come into Your presence. And, Lord, we are expecting great things to happen have a divine encounter with you. And Lord, we give you thanks and praise that you are the Almighty God. That you work out all things for our good because we love you. And we're called according to your purpose. And tonight, Lord, we're going to give you the praise and the honor and the glory that is through your name. And Lord, you're going to bring times of refreshing from your presence, Lord. We just praise you and lift your name up in this place. We welcome you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
like we are yours, that we would fought for and paid for. We approach your throne tonight, encapsulated by the love that you have already given to us. And Lord, we come before you spotless as you have said. We come before you blameless, Lord. And we thank you, Father, that you have chosen us before we could ever know and choose you. And Lord, you've already established the path that you want us to go. And your path for us is covered in your love for us. And Lord, you see us. You see us as we are in your sight, covered by the blood of Jesus. Spotless in your presence. Oh, we worship you in this place today. 
good and gracious. You're the glory and the lifter of our heads. We can trust in you and lean not to our own understanding. But Lord, we love you. It's okay to get lost in his love. How do we honor the Lord 
with our possessions. We give them to him. And then he says, and with the first fruits or the first produce of your harvest, anytime you get an extra increase, amen, amen. give God first, yeah. and this is what he promises to do. Then, everybody say then. Yeah. So it's when we honor the Lord with our possessions and the first fruits of all of our increase. Then your barns will be completely filled with, say, I don't have a barn. But anything that accumulates wealth, could be an investment, could be a savings account, could be a checking account, that's your barn. Amen? Your barns will be completely filled. Ooh, I like that. And your vats will overflow with new wine. Your spiritual life will be so rich that you will overflow. It will burst out. Joy will burst out. Peace will burst out. Patience will burst out. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, that can, you can happen, give any time, and uh, you can do it online, do it here, you can mail it in, however you want to do it. Amen. It is blessed. Givers are blessed. Say, I'm a giver. And I'm blessed. And that is true for VCF. You guys are awesome givers. And uh, we give God glory. If you have your Bibles tonight, I want you to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And we've been uh, doing this for a couple weeks now. This is going to be our session 3 on faith, hope, and love. And um, even though there might be chaos in the world, God will bring calm to your chaos. What, don't you think that there was chaos in Egypt when all the plagues were happening? Yeah. All the plagues were happening. What about Goshen? When it was dark in Egypt, it was light in Goshen. When there were flies in Egypt, there weren't any flies in Goshen. When the locusts were eating the crops in Egypt, they weren't eating the crops in Goshen. Why? Because God protected Goshen from the chaos. And our God will protect you as his child from the chaos that's happening in the world. I mean, we take seriously Psalm 91. We've been confessing it. Amen? And it's a reality. And uh, so 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, starting with verse 2, he says, We give thanks to God always for you. Whenever you begin to pray, you should start every prayer with thanksgiving. And then he says, Making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing Notice these three things. Your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope. In our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father. So, faith, hope, and love, these are three strengths that God promotes, admires, and rewards. They work together. Faith, hope, and love. 1 Corinthians 13.13 13, says, Now there is faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. 
And it, 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 it talks about these in other places in the Bible. And uh, let me just mention one more. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And uh, we're going to see these three things again. Colossians chapter 1. And we're going to look at verses 4 and 5. Colossians chapter 1. And verses 4 and 5. And you'll see these three elements again. These three things. Since we heard of your faith. In Christ Jesus, and of the love which you have to all the saints. Everybody say, all the saints. There ought not be any saint that you love. Amen? You should love all the saints. Say, I love all the saints. Say, I love people. Because God's love is in me. Okay, so he says, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of the love which you have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of truth, the gospel. Amen? So, we talked about how faith is our employee. Faith, you've got to put faith to work. Right? It's a work of faith. Faith loves to work. Faith can do any task. All things are possible to them that believe. Right? There's not a task that faith can't tackle and overcome. And then we uh, started last week about the labor of love. Alright? The labor of love. I want you to go to uh, Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. We're going to go there. So we got the work of faith, the labor of love, and the patience of hope. Say, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You've got three tools in your tool belt called faith, hope, and love. And they've been given to you by God. And we can use them to face challenges, to solve problems, to overcome, and to win. And in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 5, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Wherein we stand, are you standing in God's grace? Do you have good standing in God's grace? Amen? And rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Don't raise your hands, but how many of us would glory in tribulations? Do we glory or do we complain? Or do we go, oh my. But see, when we have faith, hope, and love, we can glory in tribulations. Yeah, think Jesus faced some tough things. But did that give him an excuse for to have a bad day? No. Why? Because these are stronger than any trial. These are greater than any test. Faith, hope, and love can overcome every challenge. So, 
We glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation works patience. If you want patience to have a quick work, glory quick. The longer it takes you to glory in trouble, the more patience has to work. Did you read James? When you fall into diverse trials, let patience what? Have its perfect work. Sometimes we interrupt patience and it has to keep starting the job again. Our complaining interrupts patience. And patience is at work. Patience is trying to complete the job. And we keep interrupting patience. Patience says, just let me do my work. Be quiet. (laughs) And patience experience and experience hope. Do you see how these are all connected? Verse 5. And hope makes not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Woo! Hope will prevent you from being shamed. That's powerful. And His love is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which He gave to us. Go down to verse 8. But God commands His love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Love does for you what you can't do for itself. Love does for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. While we were sinners, how's a sinner going to save himself? Can't. A sinner is helpless. A sinner is dead in the water. A sinner can't change his sin. We needed love to come in our darkest hour, in our worst moment. That's when love came to us. And that's when love brought us up. That's what love does. Love will get in your mess and make a miracle. Love will get in your mess and make a miracle. Love can't make a miracle unless you let love get in your mess. Oh, I gotta be perfect before. I'm sorry, but we don't clean a fish before we catch it. We catch a fish and then we clean it. Amen. Amen? You don't have to wait for the perfect time and the perfect moment. You can handle things right now. Yes. Go to Romans 13. Romans 13. These are some qualities of love. The labor of love. Right? Romans 13, verse 10. Love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. How can you tell if someone is a lawbreaker or a lawkeeper by how they love? How they love God and how they love people. Love does what? No ill to his neighbor. Who's my neighbor? Everybody. Love does no ill. Love is not looking for ways to hurt their neighbor. Love is not even looking back to get back to the neighbor because love doesn't keep count of the wrongs done to it. Peter asked Jesus one time, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven? Jesus smiled. He said, 70 times seven. I can see Peter's look. 
Huh? <laughs> he, he, he said to Andrew's brothers, Can you imagine Peter, who was a spontaneous person? He would get up and do things and say things. Then he's like, oh, shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have did that. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We're talking about faith, hope, and love, and we're talking about the labor of love. In other words, love needs to be your motive. Why did you come here tonight? Because it's Wednesday or because you love God? See, what is your motive? What is your motivation? Why do we do what we do? Why do we give? Why do we worship? Why do we extend kindness? It's because of love. Say, love is working in me. And if love is working in me, then it's working through me. Saying love is working through me. Do you realize if you want love to work through you, it's got to work in you? It can't work through you if it's not working in you. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3. We're going to look at some qualities of love. Giving no offense in anything. That the ministry be not blamed. That's love. But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience, in affliction, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, imprisonments, in tumults, in labors. And we know that love is a labor. Right? Love is a labor. In watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned. Unfeigned means pure, genuine, sincere love. The real love. Do you realize Jesus never got up and said, Oh, it's Wednesday. (laughs) Why? He came to earth motivated by love. He came to serve, motivated by love. He came to give his life, motivated by love. Everything he did, he did out of love. And do you realize, we're supposed to even speak the truth in love. Now the truth is a sword. It's a double-edged sword. It's a sharp sword. It's powerful. But we're supposed to speak the truth in love. by the power of God, by the honor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, that tells me that no matter what kind of day you have, you shouldn't stop loving. There's no excuse in in this world, any circumstances you may encounter, that you shouldn't love. I've got to tell you a story. I worked for a painting crew 
in Tennessee. I was working at a Christian school, and when the school ended for the summer, so did my paycheck for the summer. And I had just married a beautiful bride. And uh, guess what? So I needed income. And I prayed, and this guy in the church asked me if I'd ever painted. I said no, but so he, anyway, he hired me, and I learned how to paint. But um, the father of the owner who had owned the business, he had lost his voice. Actually, he lost his voice box, and he had to speak with one of those, I, I call them the dip, 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 dip things. So I don't know what they're called. You know, you put them up to your throat, and, and uh, he was he was as mean as a rattlesnake. Like you'd be, he would come on the job, you'd be painting, he'd just take the paintbrush out of your hand and show you how to do it right without even. I mean, he was just mean, rude, you know, unpleasant. So how do you deal with someone that's rude, mean, and unpleasant? You deal with it with love. And I can remember being on one job, and he came, and, you know, see, he was a bitter man because he was called to preach, but he never answered the call. And he was very bitter, and, and you know, when someone's bitter, it, it, it spills on people, and they don't treat people good. And one day, he's on the job, and he's, he's ranting, and he's raving, and he's doing his thing, and you know what I did? I went up and gave him the biggest hug. He didn't know what to do. And the crew talked about that many days afterwards. Many they said, do you remember when you went and hugged that man? I said, yeah, I remember. True story. How do you overcome wrath with a soft answer? Jesus came to show us how to love people and how to love God. And he did it. He's our example. You know, Paul said that he labored more abundantly. What caused Paul to do what he did? I mean, Paul is probably one of the greatest preachers since he wrote half the New Testament. I mean, that's pretty awesome. But he was also probably the most persecuted preacher next to Jesus. Do you realize that when God called Paul, he said, I'm going to show him how many things he's going to suffer for me. How'd you like to, how'd you like to be called by God and say, I'm calling you and you're going to suffer for me? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not taking that call. This is what God told Paul. You can read in Acts 9. I'm going, to, I'm going to show him how many things he's going to suffer for me. So, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 11, verses 22 to 29, he talks about his labors. Let's just go there. 2 Corinthians 11, 22 to 29, he talks about his resume. He's a Hebrew. He's of the, uh, in verse 23, he says, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prison, prisons more frequent, in deaths often. How did Paul 
face the persecutors who came against him. There was even a group of Jews that said, we're not going to eat until Paul is dead. And everywhere Paul went, they showed up. And they were influenced by a demonic spirit. And they would stir the crowds. And the crowds would get into a frenzy. Kind of like what we're seeing today in certain cities. Hatred, division, violence, all from the enemy. All from the devil. Because the devil is void of love. So here's Paul. He is so, he, persecution came against him. Did that stop him from preaching? No. Did that stop him from establishing churches? No. Did that stop him from following God? No. Why? Because he loved God and he loved people. Love was his motive and love kept him going. It was pure, genuine, sincere love. He labored not, I mean, the man was, the one night he had to go get let down in a basket at night because people wanted to kill him. Why should you get let down? Because it's better to live and preach tomorrow than die as faith man. Paul didn't say, I'm Superman. No. There were times when he had to run for his life. Sometimes you've got to do that. You know, God is smarter than the enemy. And God needed Paul to preach, and so there were, he gave him escape plans sometimes. But his motive was love. How could you labor more abundantly? Because you have so much love for God and so much love for people. Amen? He labored night and day. 1 Thessalonians 2 9 says, Paul labored night and day. Everybody say labored. labored. Did you know God loves labor? But what kind of labor are you laboring with? It's a labor of love. You know, I heard it said, when a man loves what he does, he doesn't work a day in his life. Doesn't mean he doesn't work, it's just he enjoys what he does so much. You know, I love preaching. And I, I love it so much that I, I devote my time to study, to reading, and uh, to listening to God. I love it. And I don't care what comes against me. I don't care what people say. I love it so much. I love God. And I love people when they get a hold of God's Word, and they get a hold of their inheritance, and they start walking in it. That's why I do what I do. It's a labor of love. Love is my motive. Love is my heartbeat. How devoted and unwearied is your love. Galatians 6, 9. Be not weary in well-doing, for you shall reap if you faint not. Sometimes people faint before they reap. Because they quit too early. Don't quit early. Don't be weary in well-doing. How many times do I got to do this? A thousand times? Yeah. Whatever it takes. Can you imagine Jesus saying to Peter and John, 
Man, I've got to deal with the Pharisees again? <laughs> never did that, did he? At least the Bible didn't record it, though. He never did it. <laughs> See, a labor of love manifests itself in acts of kindness toward fellow Christians and toward the human race. That's what a labor of love is. Acts of kindness. It's your overall motive for doing... When you labor in love, you deny yourself. Isn't that what Jesus said? If you want to follow me, he said, what do you got to do? You got to deny yourself. You got to pick up your cross and you got to find, what's my cross? It's whatever he has assigned you to do. Whatever he's called you to do, appointed you to do, equipped you to do, that's your cross. But in order to bear your cross, you've got to deny yourself. Let me say, deny myself. Sometimes you've got to say no to yourself so that you can say yes to God. That's the nature of love. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Well, if you had a loose loose love nut tonight, it's getting tweaked and tightened right here. Amen? 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 11. Now, God himself, isn't God love? He certainly is. And our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, direct our way unto you. Verse 12. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What did he just say? The Lord will personally make sure that we continue to increase in love. Love should be growing. Love should be getting bigger, getting stronger, getting more powerful in us. Amen? Because God who is love, He comes in and He makes sure that our love is increasing. And abounding. Not just increase. He wants it to abound. You've got to spread the love to more people. The Lord make you increase and abound in love, one toward another and toward all men. Uh-oh, that's the kicker right there. I wish you hadn't put that in there, all men. Not just t- talking about the male species, but mankind. Everybody say all men. All men. We've discovered that no one is unlovable, because God loved the world. Even as we do toward you, to the end he may establish your hearts. See, when we're increasing and abounding our love in love, then our hearts can be established, fixed, firm, unblameable in holiness. Before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, with all His saints. Are you increasing and abounding in love for God and people? Because that's the greatest commandment, isn't it? 
What, what are, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The whole, all the law hinges on these two things. How you love God and how you love people. And if you, don't, if you have a problem loving God or loving people, then you're going to have a problem operating in faith, and you're going to have a problem operating in hope. Your expectancy will be deep diminished if you're not walking in love. Faith works by love. All right. Amen? So we need to increase more and more in receiving, giving, and operating in love. If you encounter someone that stretches your love, say, oh, praise God, this is an opportunity to grow. Because guess what? You're going to encounter people that will stretch your love. You're going to encounter people that are going to make you boil. Might be closer than you think. Go to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Hallelujah. Look at verses 9 and 11. Philippians 1, verse 9 and 11. This is a good prayer to pray. Everybody say, a good prayer. Why is it a good prayer? Because it's in the Bible. I call it a scriptural prayer. Paul is praying for the Philippians. And he said in verse 9, And this I pray. That your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. See, in order for your love to increase, your knowledge of God has to increase. Your love can't increase minus the knowledge of God. So if you're not reading your Bible, if you're not studying the Word, your love is not going to increase. Because in order for love to increase, a key ingredient is the Word of God, the knowledge of God. Why? God is love. If you want to find more out about love, He gave you a love manual right here. This is God's love letter to you. Verse 10. That you may approve things that are excellent. How many want to be uh, approve things that are excellent? Well, it, it has to do with how we love and how we're increasing in that. Right? Did you know that the more love you have, the better of a judge of a person you are? And, and we're not supposed to judge people. We can't judge their motive because we don't know what their motive is. But we can judge the fruit. Oh, you're, you're a good tree. You're a bad tree. Good tree, bad tree. Good tree, bad tree. And that you may be sincere without offense. See, a person who's full of love isn't offended. They're not offensive. Till the day of Christ. You mean I've got to do this till Jesus comes? Yeah. Verse 11. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness. Let me ask you a question. Is love a fruit? So you've got to be being filled. Well, I was filled two weeks ago. Yeah, but are you being filled? Guess what? You put gas in your car two weeks ago. you got to put some more in? Yes, you do. <laughs> Right? Some of you have to put more in than others. See, if you don't keep your tank full, you can't get to where you need to go. Tonight you're getting your tank full. This is the filling station. 
We don't have donuts, but we have bread from heaven. <laughs> Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and the praise of God. Who's going to cheer you on in your increase of love? It's going to be Jesus. That's my boy. That's my girl. Love him. Love him. Sorry. That's all in my mouth. <laughs> Go to First Thessalonians chapter four. First Thessalonians chapter four. What are we talking about? The labor of love. It's the most enjoyable labor you'll ever do. Labor of love. The only qualification you need to love is have Jesus in your heart. Everybody who has Jesus in their heart is equipped to love anybody. But here's the good thing. You don't have to love the devil. Amen. <laughs> Abhor that which is evil. Cling to that which is good. <laughs> Hallelujah. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 9 and 10. But as touching brotherly love. And he's not talking about a physical family. He's talking about a spiritual family. But it could be a physical family too. But as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Matter of fact, Jesus said, I command you. Everybody say, command. <laughs> Did you know that Jesus never said, love others if you feel like it? He never said that, did he? He said, this is my commandment, that you love one another. So... We don't have any other option. As believers in Christ Jesus, we are commanded to love. It is a commandment. It's not a feeling. It's a decision. It's a choice. You can choose. Listen, there was a time when all of us did not love God. Right? But God didn't stop loving us. Matter of fact, He was working in your lives. He was bringing you to a path. He was bringing you to a place where you could hear the good news of what He did for you and who He is. And when, when, you, when He brought you to that place and you heard that good news, you accepted His love. But there was a time when, you, when all of us didn't love God. But we came to know that love. And we came to trust in that love. And for some, it was probably a revelation. You mean you love me, God? Yes, I do. You know, the devil lies to people and tells them that they're not loved. Why? Because if you believe that you're not loved, then he can work in your life to steal, kill, and destroy you. But don't buy the lie. You are loved. Say, I am loved. loved. Alright? So we're taught of God to love. Verse 10. And indeed, you do it toward all the brethren. Everybody say, all the brethren. All the brethren. 
You can't say, I love this brother more than that brother. <laughs> no. You've got to love all the brothers with the same love. Amen? And all the sisters. When you're not operating in love, there will be sibling rivalry. There was a lot of family problems because people were operating. Do you realize that when Jacob had four wives, that there was a lot of rivalry? Because it was never meant to be that way. And God heard that Leah was unloved. God knows when there's a schism in your love walk. Why? Because He is love. He feels the good vibrations. Good vibrations. And indeed, you do, do it toward all the brethren, which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. How many, Three times we've heard that we're supposed to increase more and more. Not little by little. Everybody say more and more. More and more. <laughs> Not little by little. You, you, you don't grow in love by saying inch by inch, it's just inch. <laughs> no, you grow in love more and more. And you have your source of love right here. Verse 11. And you study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. Alright? Let's go to Colossians chapter 3 and we're going to see some qualities of love. Colossians chapter 3. Starting with verse 12. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. He says, put on therefore as the elect of God. How many has God elected? If you've been elected by God, raise your hand. That means chosen. Right? Speaking of election, you know we got an election coming up? You need to vote. Your vote is your seed. You vote for values. You, you vote what... What agree, who agrees most with the Bible, but you got to vote. Yeah. Right? That won't cost you anything. That's free. So he says, verse 12, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies. Oh. Did you know that love is something that you can put on? We're supposed to put on Christ, aren't we? Yeah. Look at this garment of love that I got. Are you... Are you wearing your love? So love, it puts on bowels of, that's compassion. See, compassion will move you to action. When you're a compassionate person, you're not just expressing empathy, but you're taking action to alleviate the pain. Love is compassionate. We're supposed to put this on. Then he says kindness. Everybody say kindness. Kindness. Not harshness. Kindness. Love doesn't take revenge. 
Love has no thoughts of revenge. Do you remember when uh, some of Jesus' disciples, I think it was James and John, they wanted to call down fire. That's pretty harsh. Lord, burn them like a crisp. (laughs) Turn them into a marshmallow on fire. What did God say? You don't know what spirit you're of. Just leave the vengeance to God. He'll take care of it. So love is compassionate. Love is kind. Then we're supposed to put on humbleness. Uh Uh-oh. Humility. What's humility? Trusting completely in God, not yourself. These are qualities of love. Humbleness of mind. You're not even supposed to think that you're greater than another person. You're supposed to prefer yourself, or prefer your brother before you. Alright? And, you know, verse 11, he tells us to put on Christ, which is the embodiment of all these characteristics. Then you're supposed to put on meekness. Moses was the meekest man. When I, when I played basketball in grade school, the coach said, the meek are going to inherit the earth, but we're not going to let them steal the ball. <laughs> Meekness is not weakness. Moses was, the Bible tells us that Moses was the meekest man. What did he do when trouble came? He prayed. That's meekness. And long-suffering. Everybody say long-suffering. Put a big smile on your face and say, long-suffering. Anytime we're supposed to suffer long, it's supposed to be with joy. That means we're producing the right fruit. Long-suffering has a little smiley face on it. Forbearing one another. Uh Uh-oh. There's no such thing in the body of Christ as the last nerve. You're getting on my last nerve. No, no, you got more. It hasn't hit the love nerve yet. Right? There's no such thing in the body of Christ as the last nerve. I mean, can you think of Jesus? He's got James and John. They were called sons of thunder. Why? They made a lot of noise. I can see Jesus sometimes... When how his disciples responded. You know, that's just my that's just my thought of Jesus. Everybody said forbearing one another. Did you know that love can take a greater load than you think it can? The first Corinthians thirteen says love bears up under anything. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. Love does two things. It's quick to repent and it's quick to forgive. Everybody say quick to repent and quick to forgive. That's what love does. Quick to repent, quick to forgive. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do all. Man, there it goes. Jesus is the standard. <laughs> Did you know that you're supposed to forgive people even if they don't deserve it? 
Isn't that what Jesus did for us? Because there were times when we didn't deserve it, but he forgave us. And we're supposed to forgive people just like that. Why? That just, that just sets you free. It, it doesn't... Forgiving someone does not release the guilty. It releases you from them. And God will still take care of them. But it releases you. Unforgiveness turns into bitterness. And bitterness is not something that you want growing in your life. Verse 14, and above all these things, put on charity or love, which is the bond of perfectness. Perfectness in the Bible is maturity, growth, and development. When you're putting on the bond of perfectness, you're growing. You're, how do you tell if someone's mature? Because they operate in spiritual gifts? No. How do they love people? That is the only measure of maturity. In the body of Christ. It's the true measure of spirituality. Paul said it in 1 Corinthians 13. If I prophesy. But if I don't have love. What am I? I'm a clanging symbol. You know. So if we do things. And we're not motivated by love. We're just making a lot of noise. Or putting on a show. Verse 15, what happens when you put all this stuff on? And the peace of God will rule your heart. How many want the peace of God to rule in your heart? Amen? The peace of God ruling in your heart means when you encounter in a storm, you're like, it's no big deal. Peace be still. You're done. When, when peace is ruling in your heart, people can criticize you harshly. They can come against you and be like, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You know, especially speaking, you say you're a fool, but <laughs> but see, when you have peace in your heart, peace ruling in your heart, things don't move you like they used to. Why? Because you got peace in your heart. When you got peace in your heart, you don't complain about the government. Uh oh. Uh oh. Why? Because peace is ruling your heart. So many people want to move peace off the throne and put themselves on the throne. Peace. But see, peace can only rule our heart when we put on love. And when we're forbearing and forgiving and humble and meek and kind and gentle. How did Jesus treat people? I mean, they brought to him a woman caught in adultery. How did he treat her? Woman, where are your accusers? I don't accuse you, but go and sin no more. <coughs> you mean Jesus did not accuse someone who was caught in the act of doing wrong? No, he didn't. But he offered her forgiveness. He told her to do things better. He gave her an option so that she doesn't have to go into sin anymore. He showed her a better way. Why did he do that? Because he loved her. And guess what? That woman took his advice. And she did better. Amen? He set that woman free from condemnation. Jesus 
said, I did not come to condemn the world. I came to save the world. He came to save us. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you are called into one body. And be thankful. Everybody say, be thankful. Be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. If you want to have love dwelling in you, if you want to have the peace of God ruling in you, you're going to have to have the word dwelling in you. Is the word comfortable in you? Can the, can the word hang out in you? Can you interact with the word? The word is Jesus. Amen? So when we put on love, we put on God. You don't have to turn there, but John 4.12 says, If we love one another, God abides in us. So when we're operating in love, God is operating in us. Amen? We have the same love that Christ has. We're supposed to walk in love. Everybody say, walk in love. That's a daily journey. Are you ever going to miss it? You might. I might even miss it. Yes, I might. I have before. What do you do when you mess up your love walk? Are you done? Are you toast? Is that it? No, you ask God, Father, I missed it. I'm sorry. I messed up. You own up to the mistake. You ask for forgiveness. And the Bible says when you confess your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So when you mess up and you're walking close to God and you know you messed up, you just make it right as quickly as you can. Because guess what? We ain't going to mess up. No, I'm not. You just did. Why? Why are we going to mess up? Because we live in a human body that's not regenerate. The flesh that we live in has desires that are contrary to the Spirit of God in us that's born again. Jesus knew this. Why do you think He put repentance and forgiveness in His plan? So if you mess up, don't stay messed up. Amen? Amen. Solve it quickly. Just repent right there. Stop dropping. Repent. We're supposed to serve one another in love, and love fulfills the law. Amen? He said in Romans 13, 14, he says, Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. So, if you're making a decision in life, and your spirit, your soul, and your flesh all have a vote, your flesh vote doesn't matter. <laughs> what your flesh wants to do doesn't matter. Amen? You are say, my spirit is the real me. And he's in charge. My spirit is the boss of my body and the manager of my soul. So if your soul and your body team up, your spirit can veto their decision. Paul said it this way. He said, I die daily. What does that mean? He said, I, the real him, bring my body under. 
He said, and I bring it into subjection. Why? Because he was letting his spirit rule his life. And that's how we need to be. And when we put on love, when we have the labor of love, oh, the love of God. The love of God never fails. God is love. When we operate in love, we're operating in God. When love is in us, God is in us. Amen? And when God is in us, you're a, when God is in you, you're a powerhouse for Him. There's nothing that you can't do, nothing you can't overcome. Amen? So we've got to have the labor of love. Next week, the patient of hope. I was hoping to get to it this week, but had to minister on love. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Did you know the Bible says his love is better than wine? When I was a backslidden Christian, I understood what the effects of wine do. It intoxicates you. And the more you get in you, the more intoxicated you become. And his love is better than wine. Amen? And on the day of Pentecost, they said, these men are drunk. But Peter said, no, they're not drunk as you suppose. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. His love, say this with me, say, his love is better than wine. Say, his love is intoxicating me.
There are a lot of unsaved people in this world. They're on their way to hell. And the only way that they can be stopped is they have to have an encounter with love. So share the love that's been shipped abroad in your heart. Share it with them. Amen. Oh, isn't God's love good? His love forgives you. His love doesn't hold a grudge. My goodness, he was forgiven the people that nailed him to the cross. That's love.